0: Is real. There's power in your name. We find hope. We trust in your ways. We need Jesus is real.
1: So there's no qualifications to receive the gift of the Spirit. There's just believing in Jesus the Spirit of God comes, and then the Spirit of God does the work of transformation. And this is so different from the way we think about these things. Because there's all sorts of people who are like, man, you really need to be set apart and holy for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Wrong. Cornelius just invited Simon Peter to show up. Those folks believed in Jesus, and so now all of a sudden God is
0: at work. Sometimes sharing the gospel is intimidating. I know I struggle with wanting to have the perfect words, the perfect format. But Pastor Daniel tells you today that this isn't how talking about faith should be. Really, you just need to show up. Then you let the Holy Spirit tell you what to say. Let him guide the conversation. That's a lot less pressure, isn't it? You just need to listen, obey, and follow the spiritual powerhouse that's in your heart. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Acts chapter 10 as he continues his message, Holy Spirit fall.
1: Jesus is but don't be shy, be bold. And when I think about this idea of praying, listen to what Paul told the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter six, verse 18. He said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. See, God wants us to pray and then move forward in boldness. That's not only for me. Sometimes we think, oh yeah, the boldness thing, that's for Pastor Daniel, that's for Pastor Gabe, Pastor... No, listen, boldness is for us as the children of God. You should walk through this life boldly, proudly in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus died on a cross for your sins. Because Jesus loves you with an everlasting love. Because Jesus knows everything about each one of us. And he loves us still and he wants to do a work in our lives. And when we choose to not be bold in the name of Jesus, really what we're saying is Jesus is important, but he's not as important as the Seahawks. We're saying Jesus is important, but he's not as important as he's going to be elected to the presidency next. Right, And I'm here to tell you, Jesus is more important than everything. Jesus is the very reason for life. The best thing about one of us is Jesus inside of us. So pray and be bold. And I believe that for some of us, you can just shut your Bible. You can leave right now. You heard exactly what you needed to hear today. Just walk in boldness. Don't be shy for who Jesus is. So, And you have the early church doing that. Getting baptized for the third time in the Holy Spirit. Now, turn to your Bible to the right a couple chapters, we're going to look at Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 48. So turn to your right, Acts chapter 10. And I can literally take any page of the book of Acts and tell you a Holy Spirit story, because really the book of Acts is the act of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. But I'm just kind of cherry picking some to be able to teach us some important things. Look at what it says, Acts chapter 10, verse 44. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God then Peter answered can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord and then they asked him to stay a few days now, here's the big idea, my friends. The Spirit is for all who believe. That's what we learn here. Amen. The Spirit is for all who believe. Now, let me put this story in context. As I always say, you take a text out of its context, what do you have left? A con, context. Take a text out, what do you have left? You have a con. I say that because people have used the Bible to prove and disprove <laughs> Here we go. Use the Bible to prove and disprove everything good and evil as long as people have known the Bible. So you have to watch the Bible in the context. Now, what's happening? Sometimes when you read the Bible, there's so much spiritual activity that you literally just kind of read it and move on. You don't realize how powerful it is. So there's this man named Cornelius. Cornelius is not a Jewish person, right? So... In that day and age, the Jewish people knew the God of the Bible. And the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, worshipped all these different gods. But there's this man named Cornelius. And Cornelius fears God. right? And Cornelius is seeking God. And God tells Cornelius, listen, I want you to send people to the city called Joppa. And I want you to call for a guy named Simon Peter, who we know is Peter the Apostle. And he says, and he's staying at the house of Simon the Tanner. Now, it wasn't that Simon Peter was getting bronzed at the tanning salon. He wasn't there getting the Jersey Shore glow. Or POTUS 45 Orange, let the hearer understand. <laughs> I said that with all respect. But the idea is somebody, t- somebody who tanned different animal hides to be able to use for you. Like what I did there. So the idea of the tanner, it was a different job than going to Miami and getting your spray on. Right? or going to Vancouver because we're trying to stay warm here. Anyway, you know, and so he's like, go there and I want you to call for Simon Peter and he's going to come to you. Now, as this is happening, Peter is on the roof of the house where he's staying and he begins to have this vision and he has this vision of this, of this like a white sheet that's held together at the four corners and it's coming down from heaven. There's all these different animals, what Peter would have called unclean animals. And he hears this voice that says, Peter, rise, kill and eat. Peter's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've never eaten that unclean food. No, no, no. I'm a good Jewish boy. And he's like, he's like, Peter, what I have cleansed, you cannot call unclean. Now, it'd be the equivalent. I tried to think of a good equivalent. It'd be like if the equivalent, all of a sudden, you catch this vision, and there's this, this, this sheet coming down, and then there's Twinkies and Ding Dongs. And the Lord says, rise and eat. And you're like, no, no, that's for Fusco. I'm not going to eat that stuff because I eat clean. And he's like, look, what I have cleansed, don't you call unclean right? That's the equivalent. And so Peter sees this vision and then sure enough, as he's having this vision and all of a sudden this delegation shows up from Cornelius and said, Hey, listen, we're here because our Cornelius came and said, listen, he saw this vision. He said, he's come to get you. You're at Simon, the Tanner's house. Come on, come see him. And when Peter and his friends go to Cornelius's house, Cornelius has got all of his friends there waiting, right? And so Cornelius shares his dream and Peter's like, well, okay. starts telling him about Jesus. Then we pick up our story. Peter's sermon is interrupted by the Holy Spirit, Wow, every pastor's dream is that. See, because what goes on is that all of a sudden, as Peter is preaching and telling about Jesus, the Holy Spirit fell upon all of these Gentiles. This is called the day of Pentecost for the Gentiles, for the non-Jewish people, right? And when that happens, it says that all the people of the circumcision, the believers, the Jewish believers in Jesus who were there with Peter, are literally astonished because the Holy Spirit now fell upon the Gentiles just as it had done on the Jewish believers, right? Because they all heard them speaking in tongues and magnifying God. And then Peter is just like, well, might as well water baptize these folks, <laughs> right? You don't realize how profound because. Peter had never been in a non-Jewish person's house in his entire life. Like, the Jewish people and the non-Jewish people, they never intermingled in that way. So, by the time you get to Acts chapter 15 on the Jerusalem council, Peter's retelling the story, and he's like, listen, this is what happened, and the Spirit of God fell, and all these Gentiles are saved, and I didn't do it, it's God's fault, not my fault. Because it's like, this is not supposed to happen. But what do you learn here? What we learn here is that when a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus, God gives the gift of the Holy Spirit to that person. And he never says, God doesn't say, listen, you want to put your faith and trust in Jesus, then you got to fix that and stop eating that way and stop doing this and don't sleep with that person and don't vote for that person. None of that stuff goes on. He says, believe in Jesus and I'll give you the gift of the Spirit. And because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, now all of a sudden God is going to start changing your life. Can I get an Amen. So there's no qualifications to receive the gift of the Spirit. There's just believing in Jesus. The Spirit of God comes. And then the Spirit of God does the work of transformation. And this is so different from the way we think about these things. Because there's all of people who are like, man, you really need to be set apart and holy for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Wrong. Cornelius just invited Simon Peter to show up. Those folks believed in Jesus and now all of a sudden God is at work. Now, The apostle Paul said it this way to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For by one spirit, we're all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Now, here's what I want to tell you today. No matter who you are. No matter where, what journey you find yourself to be here at Crossroads today, whether you're in our sanctuary in Vancouver, whether you're joining us across the globe online, whether you are picking this up on the radio, on the TV, on social media later, some other form of uh, thing that we're doing that I don't even know about. Listen, listen, God simply asks you to come to Jesus. That's all he's asking. All the questions, we all have them. All the, how is this going to work? We all have them. All God wants for us is to come to Jesus. And when a person comes to Jesus, the spirit of God is given to you as a gift to do the work of God in your life. You don't have to fix these things. These things like, oh, I think I have to get, listen, that's all real. But we're saved by grace apart from works. All the things that we change are a response to the salvation that came as God's free gift. And if God will pour out his spirit upon Cornelius in the middle of Peter's sermon without Cornelius having to change one thing except the fact that he put his faith and trust in Jesus, the same is true for each one of us. Let's never think that the spirit of God says, you need to jump over these five hurdles and then I can do a work in your life. No, it doesn't work that way. He doesn't work that way. He wants us simply to come to Jesus. And then God begins to do his work. Now, how does God do his work? I'm so happy you asked. Turn to your right. Acts chapter 13, verses one to three. Just about one page in your Bible. My Bible is just one page. Maybe it's two in yours. Large print. (laughs) Acts chapter 13, verse one. Someone's like, it's four pages in mine. Acts 13, verse 1. It says, now in the church that was at Antioch, there was certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, They sent them away. Now, what does this teach us? It's really quite beautiful. Brothers and sisters, you need to let the Spirit speak. You need to let the Spirit speak. Now, you look at what's going on. They're there in Antioch. And while they're there, there's this group of people. They're prophets and teachers, it says. And there's a list of some of the folks who were there. Now, what's interesting is you notice this is kind of a multi-ethnic group. People who normally wouldn't go together. It's one of the things I love so much about the people of God. is because God brings kind of unique people together. Like you have someone like Menean who was raised, he grew up with Herod the Tetrarch who was a great ruler in that area. Then you have someone like Saul who, who grew up as a Pharisee. You have people from different cultures, but they're all there together. And notice what it says about them. It says, verse two, as they ministered to the Lord and they fasted. See, this group in Antioch, they're living upward. They're serving the Lord. They're not busy going on out and doing everything. They're taking some time to be in the presence of God. What we would call being with Jesus, that upward experience. They're serving the Lord. They're ministering to the Lord. And it says that they're fasting. Now, isn't that amazing? You know the spirits at work when you, the church has an anti-potluck. <laughs> like, let's get together and not eat. And we'll seek the Lord instead. Right? Now, what I will tell you from 20 years of ministry, if you call a not potluck, nobody comes. But you know, when the people show up, like, we're not going to eat. We're just going to hang out and minister to the Lord. That's when you really know. Because it's like, you can come for the fried chicken. You can come for the Twinkies. Sorry. <laughs> you know, you can come for the fellowship. But like, no, no, we're just going to get together and we're going to pray. And we're going to seek the Lord together. And they're all there. And they're, and they're ministering to the Lord. Now, as they're ministering to the Lord, notice, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So in the midst of this upward time, they're not eating, they're seeking the Lord. The Spirit speaks. I want you to separate to me Barnabas and Saul. There's a work that I want to do. Now, do they just run out and do it? No. Because that's what it says next. Then having fasted and prayed. I love this. They got a word. And then what they did? They waited on the Lord. They wanted to make sure that I get this thing right. And then, as they fasted and prayed more, they said, separate, yeah, they separated them out, they sent him on out. Now, why is this important? Because if you are here today and you are already a follower of Jesus, the Spirit of God is speaking to you. The Spirit of God has things that he desires of you, desires for you. The Spirit of God is inviting us into the abundant life, the life of God's kingdom. And we need to let the Spirit of God speak to us. And then when we receive those words, we need to seek the Lord to make sure we got it right. And then we need to step out. Now, there's a story that I think perfectly illustrates this. And this comes from 1 Samuel chapter 3. This is about the great prophet Samuel. Listen to what it says, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 7 to 10. It says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and he went to Eli and he said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go and lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So, servant, so Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Now, the story of Samuel is an amazing one. If you remember the story from 1 Samuel, Samuel's mother, her name was Hannah, and she was unable to have children. And remember, she prayed, and she said, Lord, if you would just give me a child, I will dedicate him to you his entire life. That's where we get the idea of the the baby dedication, which we had like a hundred of them last Sunday. (laughs) Between the two, it was amazing. The second service was like 26 kids getting dedicated, right? And so when God blessed Hannah with a child, she brought this young Samuel to Eli, who was the high priest, and said, I promised I would dedicate him to the Lord. Will you let him be raised here so he can learn of who the Lord is? Now, as the story picks up, it says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. So, Samuel had not yet known who the Lord was, but then the Lord starts calling to him, right? And every time this happens, Samuel goes to Eli, the high priest, and he's like, yep, I'm here, what do you want? And Eli's like, why are you waking me up? Go back to bed. And he's like, no, no, you called me. You said, Samuel, Samuel, and I'm here. He's like, go to bed. And on the third time, Eli's so frustrated with getting woken up that it dawns on him. He's like, oh, maybe the Lord is calling Samuel. And he says, Samuel, listen. If it happens again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And my friends, that is great advice. That is great counsel right there. Because sure enough, the Lord called to Samuel. Instead of running to Eli, Samuel said, Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. Now, the reason I bring this up is because if you're not a follower of Jesus, just the way Samuel God was calling out to him. I believe God is calling out to you. I believe you're here today because there's a place in you. Maybe you just came because your parents dragged you here and you get a free brunch after it. I don't blame you for coming. Praise God for the free lunch from your family or whatever. you know. Or maybe somebody said, you gotta come and just check this out. And you're like, I don't wanna be here, but I'm here. Listen, God is calling out to you. He loves you. He's for you. I think deep down in your heart, you know that it's God calling out to you. And for whatever reason, maybe you're resistant. Listen, we all have those struggles. But I believe God's calling you. But if you're here today and you're already a follower of Jesus, listen. God's calling to you too. God is, wants to speak to each one of us. God is speaking. But what I have learned in my own life is that sometimes I can hear, but I shut my ears and I don't want to listen. Or maybe more commonly for those of you who are believers, you know exactly what God wants to do because he told you, but you are unwilling to step out. And what is fascinating about this passage is that Eli's counsel is to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now, one of the great blessings of living in our generation is the master servant relationship does not really exist in our culture. Like if you you're not your boss's servant. So if your boss comes in and says, I want you to do this, you could say, uh, no, I'm not doing that. And I'm gonna go to HR and tell them that you told me to do that. And praise God. You know what I mean? Like, like that's not a bad thing because it helps injustice not happen. It helps sin and illegal things not happen, right? But the thing is, is that we take that same kind of, well, we're all peers, and then you put it into the spiritual realm, and I'm here to tell you, Jesus is not your homeboy. God is not like, well, God, I don't really like your advice. He's God. Jesus is the Messiah. And Jesus's invitations should never be answered with a no. It should be at your pleasure, my Lord. And what I have learned is that the abundant life is actually on the other side of me remembering that God is not interested if I um, dislike his ideas. He does not, if it's scary to me, God is not like, well, yeah, um, okay, I'll change it for you, Daniel, because you're scared right now. Our job is to realize that he is the Lord and we are his servants, and to let him speak and to take the step. Now, is it scary? Yes, very scary. When God invites us to take steps of faith, that's scary. But here's what I'll tell you. As someone who's been following Jesus for 20 years, every single scary step of faith God has asked me to take that I've actually taken are some of the best things in my life. Like, I remember when God called me into ministry, I was playing music professionally and the group I was playing was taking off. We were putting out albums. We were on the road. I'm like, oh man, this thing is happening. We've been praying for this forever. And sure enough, God's like, no, I've called you into ministry. I'm like, I don't want to go. Like, I don't want to be a pastor. Those guys wear suits and kind of angry all the time. And I don't like a suit guy. And those guys are quiet and holy. I'm loud and obnoxious. Like, you know, like I got all these issues. And the was like, no, no, I've called you. So I took the step and God's done a work. I remember when God brought Lynn into my life. It's like through extraordinary circumstances, right? And I remember it was like, oh, like I don't even know this girl. And I was like, no, I got a plan for you. And I'm so grateful that I took that step. I remember when God invited me to come up here to Crossroads you know, I remember I, I called one of my best buddies about what was going on. I'm like, bro, you will never believe what's happened. He's like, yeah, probably not. If it's you, I, don't, I won't believe it. And I'm like, I'm gonna go up to Crossroads to take over for Bill Ritchie. You know my buddy said? Great friend of mine. He said, don't do it. They're all gonna hate you. And he's like, they invented the interim pastor position for the guy who comes after Bill Ritchie in Vancouver, Washington. And it was really solid friendly counsel. Cause listen, some people do hate me. It's so true. Like who can replace Bill Ritchie? You know what I mean? Like it's, cr- but, but guess what? I'm so happy God did. But here's what I want to tell you. The steps of faith are hard. They're scary. But what I will promise you is that when the spirit speaks and invites you to take the step, the abundant life is on the other side of the step because God meets us on the step. When we take that step into what we didn't want to do, but the Lord is inviting us into it, he's inviting us into life in his kingdom. So many of you are experiencing that because you didn't want to join a community group. You're like, oh man, community groups are scary. I might meet somebody who I don't like in there, or maybe I do like, or someone's going to find out I have this struggle, and then you step on into it. You realize the blessing of what God has. I was just talking to someone recently and in the name of the Lord they started to step out in that financial generosity and they're just like man it was so scary because I mean how's it going to work I've never done this before and then they're stepping out and they're seeing all the ways that God is working things out and they have a piece that is unique and they're like who would have ever thought I'm like yeah but when God invites us to take the step and we take the step he invites us into the abundant life
0: Jesus is There's so much power available to fuel your life. You don't have to be afraid. And it all comes from the Holy Spirit living in you. Today, Pastor Daniel invited believers of Jesus to ask the Holy Spirit to be part of their lives. And if today you haven't even taken the first step of believing in Jesus, you're invited to do that as well. There's such a transformation of life that could be yours. But first, you need to make the decision to let Jesus be Lord of your life. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I realize that there are many of you, you're not a
1: born again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, but as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I wanna begin to follow Jesus. I wanna help you do that right now. We're gonna pray a simple prayer that just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. For those of you who just received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so excited for you. I want to help you take your next steps with him. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED to 51400, S-A-V-E-D to 51400. And my team will get in touch with you. We want to get some more
0: resources in your hands to help you on this journey. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will talk about unity and diversity that can occur in the church. You've seen it happen. Sometimes entire congregations split due to unresolved differences. But the Bible calls the body of Christ to unity, even in the midst of contrasting opinions. The main gospel message needs to remain the core of who we are as believers, and we need to love one another always. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Life Lifehack next time. Until then, may God bless.